Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, Well, it was a little upsetting and shocking just a few minutes ago, watching the president's press conference, as many of you may have been. And uh, he gets started, and then a Secret Service agent whispers in his ear something like, we've got to go, let's go. And... Uh, and the president follows them out of the briefing room. Now, as of now, what we know is what the president told us, and only that, which is at 17th and Pennsylvania Avenue, which is right at the corner of the outside of the White House, one of the corners there, um, gunfire. Uh, president said he believes it was one suspect, he was told, and the individual was shot by the Secret Service or by other uh, uniformed individual. That's all we know. I'm sure we'll know much more uh, before the end of the program. But it does show you how frightening the situation is, and the President of the United States is the number one target. He's the number one target. Whether it's domestic terrorists, whether it's international terrorists, whatever it is, he's the number one target. And the number of death threats, I'm sure, that this president faces is absolutely staggering and frightening. And uh, we have no idea if it had anything to do with the president or what the situation was. Um, But I'm not going to speculate because there's no point in that either. So we'll get back with the program, spend an enormous amount of time going through different things because there's so much out there. And, you know, you have to prioritize. What is it that you want to talk about? 
I hope you saw Attorney General Barr on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday. He was absolutely fabulous. No holds bar. Got a tremendous amount of media attention. And, of course, the typical media outlets, they don't just report what the man says. They have to tell you what he says. Wait a minute. I'm not Helen Keller. I can see. I can hear. I, I, I'm listening. It doesn't matter. Washington Post is a prime example at the very end of an article they wrote. So it's really quite appalling. But that's why I do these interviews, so you can hear from people directly. And that's why I want them to have an opportunity to speak. Because he is um, he's courageous, he's brilliant, and he's a patriot. The Democrats call that a partisan. <laughs> that's really crazy. I want to get into a few things here. As you know, uh, I post a lot on the weekend about these executive orders. In fact, late last week, I even said, or early, I guess the middle of last week, it was clear that Pelosi and Schumer were blackmailing, not the president, but the American people. They're blackmailing the people whose unemployment was about to end. They're blackmailing people all over this country that if Donald Trump didn't agree to multi-trillions dollar more in spending, trillions, if he didn't agree to bail out New York and Illinois and California and New Jersey and other blue state pension plans, which are a disaster, the Democrats wanted almost $1 trillion to bail out the states and cities and all their pension plans and all their unions. If he wouldn't extend unemployment and other benefits to illegal aliens, and the list goes on and on, if he wouldn't agree to destroy our voting system, nationalizing mail-in voting, they were not going to agree to some simple steps that the president wants to take to help people who are suffering as a result of many of these governors shutting down their states and the virus. And you can hear the Pelosi and Schumer going on and on. So they have a new twist here. And Biden started it with the email that they had him send out with his executive orders. There's a couple angles here that I want to address as a constitutional conservative. First of all, among the executive orders is to defer the payroll taxes. To defer the payroll tax. Let's look at that as a matter of policy before we get into the process that was used. This has been done before. It was done by Obama and Biden. And Obama used it to attack Republicans in 2011. Schumer attacked Republicans. Pelosi attacked Republicans. Biden himself wanted more payroll tax cuts. Now they say if you delay the payroll tax payments, you're attacking Social Security. Now we all know that's not true. Here's the big lie. Social Security is funded through general operating funds. There are no trust funds left. The money you pay as part of your payroll deduction into the trust is non-existent. It's already spent. And so basically, your money goes into the Treasury Department. There is no trust. You really don't have an account. And what happens is the Social Security Administration is subsidized by general funds, and they give an IOU back to the Treasury Department. Do you understand? So the Democrats did this decades ago. So, th- so th- they know exactly what's going on here. 
They know exactly what's going on here. The payroll tax itself was put in place during World War II by Franklin Roosevelt. It was a temporary method of payment, methodology, because obviously you would pay every year. But they put it in place because they wanted revenue. Quickly. Not for Social Security, for the general fund. So they took money out of the trusts. But that's beside the point. So after the war, they were supposed to eliminate the payroll deductions, and you were supposed to be taxed directly. But they didn't, did they? But so first, rather than dealing with the mechanism, an executive order rather than a statute or a budget bill, I want you to listen to what Obama, Pelosi, Schumer, and Biden said about a payroll tax deduction and why today they now say this hurts Social Security and Medicare. And of course, the media have all this. I started to put some of this out on my social sites. And you know what I said, Mr. Producer? Hold it for the show, because all the backbenchers now are going to jump in. That's okay. I'm the cleanup hitter. I'm the last one up. I got it. But I want you to hear some of this. I don't know if we have time to do it all during the course of this segment. We'll try and get it in. This is Obama, November 30. 20, again, I'll get to the executive order versus statute in a moment. Obama, November 30, 2011. Cut one, go. Last year, both parties came together to cut payroll taxes for the typical household by $1,000. That's been showing up in your paychecks each week. You may not be aware of it because times are tight, but you actually got a tax cut of $1,000 this year. Wait a minute. What about Social Security? Right? Isn't that what Biden's saying now? What about Social Security? It's a, it's a war on Social Security. No, it wasn't. Go ahead. Uh, I know you hear a lot of folks on cable TV claiming that I'm this big tax and spend liberal. Next time you hear that, you just remind the people who are saying it that since I've taken office, I've cut your taxes. But here's the thing. That, that payroll tax cut that we passed in December of last year, it's set to expire at the end of this year. One month from now, if that happens, if Congress doesn't act to extend this tax cut, then most of you, the typical middle-class family, is going to see your taxes go up by $1,000 at the worst possible time. We can't let this tax cut lapse right now. And that's why my jobs bill, part of the American Jobs Act, was to extend this tax cut for another year. In fact, it does... One better. It, it says, let's expand that tax cut. Expand Instead of a $1,000 tax cut next year, the typical working family under my plan would get a tax cut of $1,500. This really should not be controversial. No. A lot of Republicans have agreed with this tax cut in the past. The mm-hmm. bad news is some of those same Republicans voted no on my jobs bill and those tax cuts. I, I, I don't know whether it's just because I proposed it. I don't know. They said no to cutting taxes for small business owners and working families. Mm-hmm. He wanted it extended. He wanted it even cut further. No talk about cutting Social Security. And last time I checked the vice president at that time with Joe Biden. Cut two, go. Not only is extending the payroll tax cut important for the economy as a whole, it's obviously important for individual families. 
It's important insurance for them against the unexpected. It will help families pay their bills. It will spur spending. It will spur hiring. And it's the right thing to do. And that's why in my jobs, Bill, I propose not only extending the tax cut, but expanding it to give a typical working family a tax cut of $1,500 next year. And it was paid for by asking a little more from millionaires and billionaires. A few hundred thousand people paying a little bit more could have not only extended the existing payroll tax cut, but expanded it. Uh, last week, virtually every Senate Republican voted against that tax cut. Now, I know many Republicans have sworn an oath never to raise taxes as long as they live. How can it be that the only time there's a catch is when it comes to raising taxes on middle-class families? How can you fight tooth and nail to protect high-end tax breaks for the wealthiest Americans and yet barely lift a finger to prevent taxes going up for 160 now let's, million. Now, let's hold here. So you see the class warfare stuff. They even used it in the class warfare stuff. So here it's the President of the United States, Donald Trump, who's delaying the uh, payroll tax, deferring it, because that's all you can do with an executive order. He's deferring it. He says, if I get reelected, we'll push through legislation to make it retroactive. And the Democrats are yelling, Social Security is being attacked. Social Security is being attacked. One after another, they have their talking points. The media regurgitated. They burp up the same thing the Democrats say because they want senior citizens out there to think that Donald Trump is attacking your Social Security. He's not touching your Social Security. He couldn't touch your Social Security if he wanted to. That really would require a fundamental legislative act. He's not doing any of that. Even though it's going to go bankrupt in 2034. In fact, the only person that's touching these entitlements is Joe Biden. He wants to lower the age of Medicare from 65 to 60. Even though, listen to this, I looked it up last night. The trustees of, of, of the Medicare program said, Medicare is going to go broke in 2024. And what Biden and Sanders and the Democrats want to do is slit its throat immediately by lowering the age from 65 to 60. The system will collapse. I want all you senior citizens to listen to me. This isn't Medicare reform. This isn't health care reform. This is just massive layers of government on top of massive layers of government, which will collapse the system for those who currently benefit from it. Go ahead. Americans who really need the help. It doesn't make sense. We all recognize that we've got to make progress on the deficit. And I'm willing to work with Republicans to extend the payroll tax cut in a responsible way. Uh, what I'm not willing to do is to pay for the extension in a way that actually hurts the economy. As Americans are well aware, this summer I signed into law nearly $1 trillion in spending cuts with another trillion dollars. All right, dollars. that's enough. Yeah, great, great budget cutter was uh, Obama, especially with the military. When we come back, I want you to hear a little bit more from Obama on this. I just want to put a fine point on this because you haven't heard this in the Washington Post or the New York Times or CNN or MSNBC. None of it. They censor anything that will expose the Democrats and the radical leftist agenda, including Biden's agenda. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. 
Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in. Whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You know, on the one hand, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't like to play clips because it takes up time from what I can say about things that uh, maybe I can bring a unique approach. On the other hand, it's better than my reading what people have to say in an extraordinary time with extraordinary issues. The reason I'm playing these clips is you can see the extent to which the Democrats seek to tank this economy seek to punish Americans when they're, when they're down, seek to exploit this virus for purely political reasons, and in doing so also exposes their propagandists in the media. We don't have to dig that hard to find Obama and Biden and Schumer and Pelosi and so many others not only supporting but demanding payroll tax cuts. There was no talk about Social Security back then, and yet all of this, all of this is essentially censored. So you don't hear it. So you don't know anything about it. So Joe Biden puts out a stupid press release or email that he's given yesterday because Pelosi and Schumer and the Democrats, with the support of the media, are blackmailing the American people. Either you give the Democrats everything they want, open borders... Uh, support for illegal aliens, uh, destroy the the electoral system, $1 trillion to bail out state and city pension funds, and on and on and on when the president's trying to help people in need and when he's trying to get money into the virus uh, investigations and so forth. You need to hear this. I'll be right back. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Primus. 5.4 million Americans receive Primus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show is... Tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. I'm glad you're here. Lots to cover. But we can't speed through it or we'll miss stuff. A montage of Obama on urging payroll tax cut extensions. Not a word about the effect on Social Security because there really isn't any. Cut three, go. Republicans in Congress should stop the games and extend the payroll tax cut for working Americans. Because if they don't, nearly 160 million Americans will see their taxes go up at the end of this month. Congress cannot end the year by taking money out of the pockets of working Americans. Now's not the time for playing politics. Extending the payroll tax cut that shows up in people's paychecks every week is an idea that I proposed in September as part of the American Jobs Act. At a time when so many Americans are working harder and harder just to keep up, The extra $1,000 or so that the average family would get from this tax cut makes a real difference uh, when you're trying to buy groceries or pay the bills, make a mortgage, uh, or make a repair. And you know what's interesting about this? He pushed this, its extension. And the economic situation we have today is far worse as a result of the virus and these Democrat governors in particular in highly populated states shutting down their economies. Far worse. Far more needed. And yet they were going to deny Trump the ability to do this because they'd rather many of you suffer or your friends or family members suffer than Trump actually as President of the United States being able to do something about it. That's what they thought. Now here is Eva Pelosi, a montage about extending the payroll tax cut And most of these comments are in December 2011, a little less than nine years ago. Cut four, go. Democrats have been clear. We must not go home for the holidays without extending the payroll tax cut and unemployment insurance benefits. We shouldn't be leaving hardworking Americans high and dry over this holiday season without doing their work. Overwhelmingly, the American people support a tax cut, a payroll tax cut for the middle class. Overwhelmingly. Everybody recognizes, the macroeconomic advisors recognize, nonpartisan, independent, uh, uh, respected group of macroeconomic advisors that this is important to do. 
And yet the Republicans feeling the heat of the presidents going around the country talking about the payroll tax cut, feeling the heat of, of the uh, debate here in Congress about the necessity of doing it, being aware of the public's interest in this uh, payroll tax being cut, have said, okay, we'll, p we'll put forth a payroll tax cut, but we'll put so many poison pills on it that it couldn't possibly survive. This is necessary because our economy and our people need this boost. Uh, for individual families, 160 million American families, this will be a boost. From a macroeconomic standpoint, uh, the uh, demand that is injected into the economy when people spend this money will be a job creator. What we see now is stalling action on the part of those who never really were for a payroll tax cut in the first place. President Obama went around the country with the American Jobs Act, of which this payroll tax cut was very appealing. Uh, it was a part of it that was very appealing to the American people, and they support it overwhelmingly. They want the tax cut. They they want the jobs that it will engender by injecting demand into the economy, uh, and they want us to work together. They want us to work together, and they support uh, a payroll tax cut for the middle class, 160 million people to benefit. They want us to work together to create jobs, which a payroll tax uh, cut does do. The Senate did just that. In a bipartisan way, they overwhelmingly passed a payroll tax cut. See that? No talk about the effect on Social Security, Medicare, anything of the sort. So Donald Trump does it, and it's attack, attack, attack. He must want to destroy Social Security. Now you'll know why the Praetorian Guard media protect Biden and protect the Democrats. Because in truth, they're fools. They're connivers. Chuck Schumer, cut five, go. No, I think where it's going is that within a little while, the House will do just what uh, uh, Leader Reid asked them to do, the president asked them to do, which is pass the bipartisan Reid-McConnell bill, and then we'll negotiate for the rest of the year. The Republicans are fighting with one another. My guess is that lots of people in Senator Speaker Boehner's own caucus are saying enough of this already. You can't just listen to the 80 hard right people uh, at the extreme end of of your caucus. And we've already done our job. We've passed a strong bipartisan bill that extends the payroll tax cut. Yeah, we are uh, very glad because it's a win for the American people. To have the middle class uh, payroll tax cut expire would have been bad for middle class families and bad for our whole economy. So we're glad that the House has come to its senses and basically passed the Senate bill. Today, of course, unless you destroy our voting system with this massive mail-in vote nonsense or give benefits to illegal aliens or a trillion dollars in bailouts to New York and Illinois and New Jersey and Rhode Island and California and all these other blue states are in hock. Uh, apparently, it's not good for the economy. and It's not good for the middle class. And here's Biden himself. May 22nd, 2012, bragging that they passed a payroll tax cut. Cut six, go. 
In December of 2010, we passed the payroll tax that gave each and every American an average of $1,000 tax cut. $1,000 less was taken out of their pay in payroll taxes. We repassed that not long ago, allowing another $1,500 to go into people's pockets instead of going into taxes. 98% of the American people, they get a pay stub. They pay payroll taxes. So when you cut taxes for people with a, with a payroll tax, 98% of the American people are getting a tax cut. Every worker in America, more than 160 million, got an average payroll tax cut of $1,000 per year. Better unemployment benefits for 18 million job seekers during the recession. Trillions of tax cuts. Trillions of dollars in tax cuts for low and middle income families. And when Republicans in Congress didn't act, we used our executive authority to, one, extend overtime coverage. Oh, used executive authority on top of everything else. Not once, again, did they say it would affect Social Security, which is their mantra now. That's the, that's the angle they, they attempt to scare the elderly, when in fact it won't affect Social Security in the least. In the least. Now, executive orders. I'm not big on executive orders. I've never been big on executive orders. I've never been big on the Supreme Court violating the Constitution uh, in some of its rulings, like the Gorsuch ruling on the LGBTQ community, or the Supreme Court's ruling with Roberts on Obamacare, which was an abomination, a clear violation of the Constitution. Or the Roberts majority ruling on DACA as it did, the absurdity that it violated the president, did the Administrative Procedures Act, rather than DACA, which is the most blatant violation of separation of powers in modern history. Uh, they gave it a pass, forced the, this president to go back through the Administrative Procedures Act, which is preposterous. I've never been big on giving amnesty to illegal aliens. They're called illegal aliens. But now we have to change the language, you see. So the, the legal stature under immigration laws doesn't point out that they're illegally here. I'm not in favor of illegal teacher strikes that have been taking place. I'm not in favor of looting and arson, the attack on our police. I'm not in favor of the 1619 Project, which is a horrendous fifth column propaganda campaign, indoctrination campaign being used by public schools to, to destroy our country and our children's minds. I'm not in favor of governors. And I have no idea where they get the authority to use martial law or quasi-martial law. I'm not in favor of them placing stricter limits on gun shops, violating the Second Amendment, on churches and synagogues, violating the First Amendment, than they are on commercial entities that they prefer or political entities that they prefer. And I'm not comfortable with the Supreme Court in a 5-4 to four decision refusing to take up a church's legitimate concern. I've said over and over again, we live in a post-constitutional period. I've said over and over again behind this microphone how we're destroying the Constitution. I've written about it over and over and over again. Now we come to the precipice in what is increasingly a post-constitutional period 
where the Democrats violated the Constitution when they impeached this president, have tried constantly to remove him from office under an illegal coup, have criminalized politics by pushing Mueller and so forth, have used the FBI and our intelligence agencies in ways that they have never been corrupted before. Now they want to destroy the voting system with the Cloward and Piven mail-in voting system, crush the system, and they have their lawyers ready to go to the courts. From the courts to Congress, to the executive agencies, and now the press, which is doing everything possible as a propaganda machine of the Democrats and the Antifa Democrats to destroy this president. I'm supposed to sit here now. I'm supposed to sit here with all this hell being poured upon the American people, with the constitutional system being put through the shredder. And I'm supposed to say, you know, the president shouldn't really issue an executive order when it comes to deferring the payroll taxes. Now, in three instances of his executive orders, he has precedent. Legal precedent. And even in the fourth, he has strong legal ground. I've argued before, so what? The Constitution says X. But Mark, you're not being consistent. You're, I damn well am being consistent. I'm trying to help us. The president's trying to help us. We're trying to save this republic, for God's sakes. And when you have a Democrat party that is a kamikaze, in many ways traitorous party, as, as defined by Nancy Pelosi, that wants to fundamentally transform America as the Confederacy did, when you have our cities burning, police under attack, I don't need any lectures about the rule of law. I don't need any lectures about the Constitution of the United States. From the very people who celebrate it, who cheer it, and who advance it. All the horrors that are taking place in this country. These executive orders change nothing constitutionally. You had Kamala Harris said she's going to use an executive order if she were president of the United States to do what, Mr. Bidus? I have a memory like an elephant. To change the Second Amendment. And there sits DACA. DACA. Half the courts uphold it. Clearly illegal. Schumer was thrilled by it. And I'm supposed to sit here and worry about an executive order on rent. On unemployment compensation. In the big scheme of things that are taking place in this country. When the Democrats are trying to collapse the country, trying to collapse the economy, trying to turn the American people against each other. Look what's going on. When they have every intention of destroying the electoral system to try and drive the president out of office. When you and I are their real targets, our way of life, our wealth. Wealth doesn't mean you're rich. What you've accumulated. No, I don't need lectures from the Washington Compost that tries to take a hit on me today. I don't give a crap what that crap newspaper has to say. Which sat silent during the Holocaust. Would you sit silent during the Holocaust, ladies and gentlemen? I wouldn't. 
but the Washington Post Corporation did, pretty much like the New York Times Corporation did, and they're worried about me. What about Joe Biden's hypocrisy? What about the Democrat Party's hypocrisy? Not a word. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in. Whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. I speak out against injustice. A friend of mine, Spirit On, reminds me how I spoke out on behalf of the Kurds when the administration decided to pull troops out of Syria. I speak my mind. I'm not wedded to this or that other than liberty and the Constitution, what I believe is morally right. You have a president of the United States and Barack Obama who bragged that he had a pen and a phone and he's going to go it alone. And here it is, January 20, 2014, when he said, let's see here, that he's going, Obama has a new phrase he's been using a lot lately, I've got a pen and I'm talking about the can use if Congress isn't giving him what he wants. Executive actions, calling people together, it's another avenue. See, I've studied... Obama, FDR. The reason why they want to collapse the economy even further is because it led to Franklin Roosevelt winning four terms. Obviously, he died early in his fourth term. And the Democrats controlling Washington, D.C. for a very, very long time. This is, this is who they want to emulate. FDR, the Great Depression, and all the rest. Because they think they'll hold power for over and over and over again. But Donald Trump doesn't want to rule by executive order. They've done everything they can to destroy this man, to force him out of office, to destroy this economy, to blame him for the virus. And all he wanted to do was extend unemployment. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I look at this Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska. He's one of these strange gadflies. Pretends to be a constitutionalist. You know, this guy called me on the phone several years ago, and after which I told him never to call me again. When I criticized Senator Bob Corker, the loser from Tennessee, I believe he was chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee or some such thing, and Corker pushed through a bipartisan bill that skirted the treaty clause of the Constitution and made it possible for Obama to put in place the Iran deal. A horrible abomination. An unconstitutional act. And now they quote him as saying that what the president did is constitutional slop. You see how the media never hold these people to account? They never hold these people to account. I have this piece from National Pubic Radio, NPR. It's a long piece about... Again, in 2014, wielding a pen and a phone, Obama goes along. They're actually praising him and, and how Podesta urged the president to use his executive authority to get things done long before he joined the administration. By using these powers, is nothing new for the president, or others for that matter. According to John Woolley, professor, University of California, Santa Barbara co-director of the Presidency Project, he's by no means the first president to make a public point of the fact that he's doing that. It's not the first time he's done it. Two years ago, the Obama administration had what it called the We Can't Wait initiative, which also relied on administrative act. goes on and on and on. Obama clearly abused his power in the executive branch. Trump hasn't done that. Again, I'm not big on executive orders. FDR was big, big, big on executive orders. That's how he rounded up Japanese Americans during World War II. But Trump has been very careful in his use of executive orders. But here, he refuses to allow people to, to go without and refuses to allow the Democrats to use the occasion to further destroy the economy. And so you have prior presidents who truly did abuse the executive order power. Obama, who used it. In very, very aggressive ways, whether it's DACA or whatever it is, although DACA was more likely a regulation, still illegal. And Trump, all of a sudden, we've got this genius, Ben Sass, who made the Iran deal possible. As a matter of fact, as did every single Republican but one, Mr. Producer, Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton said no. Every Democrat and every other Republican said yes. So I'm supposed to sit here and worry about an extension of unemployment. And by the way, the reporting on this is amazing too. And I don't know why the White House hasn't cleaned this up. We're talking about, oh, they're going to get additional $400 on unemployment. Ladies and gentlemen, I heard this Ari Fleischer today. And he calculated this. Individuals are going to get the equivalent of an annual payment from the taxpayers, depending on the state unemployment compensation, of anywhere from fifty to seventy thousand dollars. All this needs to be addressed. Once we get through all this, it all needs to be addressed. The massive debt, which I have complained about and talked about, 
which I've complained about and we've talked about here. I think I'm the only host that has, Mr. Producer. The powers of these governors, I think we need to look at this and figure out where they're getting these powers. But the Democrats are not going to pull back on executive orders. The Democrats exist to destroy the limits in the Constitution. They don't care about separation of powers when they're in office. They don't care about any of that stuff. So I'm saying that's enough already. We don't abuse these powers. Every now and then when we use them, it's, look at this, that's constitutional slop. And Sass said exactly the same thing as Pelosi did, and Pelosi is Sass. Mr. Iran, Senator. And of course, the Washington Post hasn't done a big spread on all of Biden's hypocrisy, and they're not going to. They're the Praetorian Guard. One more thing on Biden. I want to keep moving here now. I thought it was important to spend time on this because there's a lot of misinformation going on. Right, Iron Blank of the Washington Post? You're a clown. Chris Jacobs of Wall Street Journal. Opinion. How the Bidens dodged the payroll tax. So we're coming full circle. Joe Biden responded to President Trump's partial suspension of payroll tax collections with a statement calling it the first shot in a new reckless war on Social Security. Now you know why I played all those clips in the first hour so you can see what frauds these people are. Anyway, Biden continued, Our seniors and millions of Americans with disabilities are under enough stress without Trump putting their hard-earned Social Security benefits in doubt. So will Aaron Blake write about this tomorrow at the Washington Compost? All the things Obama said and did, and Pelosi said and did, and Schumer said and did, and Biden of all people? No, he won't. You want to know why? He's a fraud. Mr. Biden's objections might be more persuasive, writes Chris Jacobs. Had he and his wife, Dr. Jill, not gone out of their way to avoid funding seniors' entitlement benefits? I said, what? According to their tax returns in 2017 and 2018, which Biden released very proudly, the Bidens and his wife, Jill, avoided payroll taxes on nearly $13.3 million in income from book royalties and speaking fees. You see how much money Biden got? You think people are really paying him because they want to hear what he has to say or they want to help him line his pockets? Biden and his wife, Jill, avoided payroll taxes on nearly $13.3 million in income from book royalties and speaking fees. They did so by classifying the income as S-corporation profits rather than taxable wages. You'll find this, whether it's LeBron James or Steph, whatever his ass name is, uh, all these people who are down for the revolution, they have very good CPAs. The Bidens did pay themselves salaries from their corporations, Celtic Capri Corporation and Giapapa Corporation of nearly $750,000 between them over two years, and they paid full taxes on that income, but they circumvented the payroll tax on nearly 95% of their income that remained. A tax expert interviewed by the Journal in 2019 called the Biden scheme, quote, pretty aggressive, unquote. Another told the paper it served solely to avoid the payroll taxes. You paying attention, America? How about Aaron Blake at the Washington Compost? You paying attention, pal? I'm not even running for president. Of the taxes the Bidens avoided, 2.9% of their income, around $385,000, would have funded Medicare. The other 0.9%, or nearly $120,000, was part of Obamacare and, uh, and to fund that law. So they ducked half a million dollars. 
Well, they talk about raising taxes. What do you think about that, Mr. Producer? According to the Urban Institute, a couple featuring one high earner and one average earner retiring this year will have paid a total of $209,000 in Medicare during their working lives. The Bidens avoided paying nearly twice that much in Medicare taxes during two years. The maximum payroll tax affected by Mr. Trump's suspension is 1984 less than one 250th of the amount the Bidens avoided in 2017 and 2018. His point is, what the president has done, he has delayed the payroll taxes, which will save maximum amount for most people who are actually paying the taxes, about $2,000 on Medicare. The Bidens saved $209,000. The Bidens didn't avoid any Social Security tax, which applied only, tax, which applied only to the first 127000 of income in 2017 and 128004 in 2018. But they would, under Mr. Biden's tax plan, under Mr. Biden's tax plan, would impose the 12.4% Social Security tax on income over 400000 So the same loophole the Bidens used in 2017-2018 would shield him and Dr. Jill from paying the tax on the higher amount. How can Biden claim to protect Medicare and Obamacare when he avoided more than half a million dollars in taxes that would pay toward Medicare and Obamacare and Social Security? The media have largely ignored the Biden's accounting fixating on Mr. Trump's tax returns instead. But at least the president isn't looking to raise taxes on everybody else. So there you have Biden. So number one, as we've pointed out in about an hour and 15 minutes in this program, Biden and the Democrats are liars and hypocrites when they say the president is trying to take out Social Security. It's the first step. First step. When they demanded the same thing and got it in 2011. And then wanted an extension. And nobody accused them of trying to wipe out Social Security in the press. And number two, in their own personal lives, they are $13.3 million in the course of two years. And they used a loophole to avoid half a million dollars in payroll taxes that would have helped funded Social Security and Medicare. Aaron Blake at the Washington Post, he hasn't written about this. I haven't seen anything in the New York Times. I haven't seen anything on CNN or MSN. Well, I don't watch them, obviously. Lunch Bucket Joe, Mr. Bedusa. Lunch Bucket Joe. No, it's uh, Out to Lunch Joe. Is a better way to put it, I think. Out to Lunch Joe. And so this is what we have. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. I want to thank Attorney General Barr for spending an hour in the interview on Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin. He was fantastic, wasn't he? And uh, I want to thank those of you who watched it live or those of you who have DVR'd the program. I want to thank the handful of uh, hosts and shows on Fox uh, that used it or played clips of it or promoted it. Um, And uh, those that did not, I think you're missing out on a lot. And you should consider it. I hope they'll be showing it, some of it on Tucker and Ingram and, and other programs. We'll see. And, um, uh, but I want to thank uh, Fox and Friends Sunday. They are terrific. Uh, the 9 a.m. show on Fox today, I want to thank them. I want to thank Fox and Friends uh, weekdays. Some of them did an outstanding job. And by the way, This guy, Steve Hilton, his show follows my show. He eviscerated this guy, Scaramucci. Why don't these liberals come on my show? I want to have fun too, you know. But I want to salute Hilton because um, Scaramucci looked like a buffoon. He wouldn't answer any of Hilton's questions. See that? I praise other hosts. What what, what am I? uh, It's it's amazing. But um, that lineup on Fox... And Friend Sunday is just terrific. And you have Griff, Jedediah, Pete, dear, dear friend. Um, they're really good. They let me talk. We get into things. And I hope you had an opportunity to watch that and listen to what I said, too. Like the other uh, backbenchers in radio do. National polls. This is Michael Patrick Leahy, Breitbart. Biden's lead over Trump shrinks to three. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's lead. Over President Trump and the national popular vote has shrunk to just three po- uh, points, according to two most recent polls released by major polling firms. The Hill-Harris X poll released on Wednesday gave Biden a 43 to 40 percent lead in the national popular poll. While the Rasmussen reports, you know, they always dismiss Rasmussen, but he was the closest in 2016. Uh, His poll released on the same day gave Biden 48-45% lead. Biden's lead is slightly beyond the margin of error in both polls. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote in 2016 but lost the presidency since the Constitution specifies a president obviously is elected by a majority of the Electoral College votes. And um, so this will come down to these battleground states. That's what's going to happen. And that is why... I'm telling you again, this mail-in voting has become an issue because they want to flood the field. They want to flood the field with as many mail-in votes as possible or mail-in ballots as possible. Uh, If they win, quote-unquote, any effort to challenge those mail-in ballots will be said to show Trump as Hitler, Mussolini, he won't leave the White House. If Trump comes out on top, they're going to demand weeks and weeks and weeks worth of recounts. Trump knows this. You, you can hear what he says. And I pointed this out as the Clower-Piven tactic. 
two socialist professors from 1966, flood the system, create anarchy and chaos, grab power, and then uh, charge your opponent with creating the situation, which is exactly what they're doing. They're now saying that the, the postmaster appointed by Trump is corrupt, uh, he's in Trump's back pocket, he won't do all the things that are necessary to fix the post office, knowing damn well the post office can't be fixed, let alone in two or three months. Knowing also damn well that they do not want to fix the state voting rolls. I know this because when Landmark Legal Foundation would attempt to go in and get these rolls fixed, these Democrat states would fight us. Even though there's dead people on these rolls and fake people on these rolls and people on multiple rolls, doesn't matter. The Democrats win through chaos. Why? Ben Sass. What do you mean, Mark? Ben Sass. What I mean is very simple. He'll go out of his way to attack the president. The Republicans do not line up shoulder to shoulder. And so they're not going to attack mail-in voting. They're not gonna, they don't even know who Cloward and Piven are. It doesn't matter. They don't much like Trump. So Ben Sass is out there. He knows what he's saying is going to grab the media's attention. And he can position himself as Mr. Constitution. But he's not. He's Mr. Iran deal. I voted against it, but you made the Iran deal possible by changing the Constitution illegally, unconstitutionally, by turning that vote from a treaty into some mush, slop you might call it. So you're going to have the Ben Sasses out there, the Romneys, and you go right down the list, the usual perpetrators. Um, And they know that. The Republicans don't stand strong, and the Democrats stand together. Because they're the Antifa Democrats. It is they who are the stormtroopers, not the police. Now, obviously, these are just two polls. But these are legitimate polls. And I don't want people to get lazy out there. I want us to fight like we're behind by 10 points. I want us to do everything humanly possible. I want us to be motivated and resolute. It's not enough to wear a hat. We have to be the precinct workers, as I say over and over again. We have to make sure enough people are going to vote. Enough people are registered. Now, I'll give you another example. Mail-in voting. I reject mail-in voting because it's, it's, it's susceptibility not just to fraud, but incompetence. It, like, exacerbates all the weakest problems with government. But that doesn't mean if mail-in voting is working in Florida and so forth on a smaller scale that people shouldn't use it. Was that hypocritical? Of course not. Of course not. I reject it. I don't think we should have it, except for exceptional cases. But if we have it, I don't think we should leave the field and give it to the Democrats. That would be idiotic and stupid. I'd be Ben Sass, for God's sakes. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. (laughs) 
Mark Levin, radio's principled patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I see I'm being attacked more and more by the media out there. Washington Compost. Brian Stelter at CNN's at it again. He did like two or three minutes attacking conservative talk radio. He attacks me and Ben Shapiro and Wiener Nation and Rush. All four of us. And uh, maybe I'll play that in the third hour. I'm not going to edit out anybody's name. I'm just going to play the whole thing so you can see how he attacks. Oh, and Hannity. He attacks Hannity, too. Five of us. So, uh, as I say, I, I won't streamline it. Everybody's name that's mentioned in the piece ought to be mentioned. <clears throat> as they will be. I know you love freedom simply because you listen to my show. Now, this show and everything I do is about preserving freedom in the form of government that secures it. Now, this is exactly the same with Hillsdale College. Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, science, music, economics, business. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too through their free monthly digest of conservative thought called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month. And you, friends and fellow freedom lovers, you should read it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost at all every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You know what? Let's jump in. Let's take a listen to this. So you can know about the attack strategy. Now, when I was on Fox and Friends Sunday, I was on at, I'm trying to remember what, 830 and they gave me almost 15 minutes, which is very kind of them. And I noted that, uh, you know, Joe Biden in the video, he's wearing a mask on his bicycle, but he's not wearing a helmet, which, of course, they pick up. And I went into great detail on a number of other issues, as I do on this radio show. We have a radio show, a podcast, Levin TV, and the Fox show. But let's take a listen. Cut nine, Mr. Producer. Go. Let's go on a trip together to a totally alternative... Now, first of all, let's start at the top. I don't mean to offend, but I believe he's prebubescent, Mr. Producer. Don't you? I really do. All right, let's go on a trip together. Uh, uh, I'm not going on a trip with you, brother. No, 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 no. All right, cut nine, go. Let's go on a trip together to a totally alternative universe. You never hear what's happening there unless... You tune into right-wing talk radio. But you need to know what they are saying because the most popular, most powerful talkers in the country have trained their sights on Joe Biden. Now, let's slow down a second. We've trained our sights on Joe Biden. Is he not going to be the nominee for president of the United States on the Democrat Party? Yes. So we trained our sights. It's not like I went out 
uh, and hired a former British spy to put together a dossier filled with lies and then served it to the FBI. I speak behind the microphone. That's all. Go ahead. What you are about to hear them say is mind-boggling. Look, look, whether you like Biden or not, this stuff is offensive and otherworldly. <laughs> so let me set the stage for this before I play the clips. Keep in mind that news and talk radio is still really popular, even in the Internet age. Guys like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity can influence tens of millions of listeners. And as this HuffPost headline pointed out earlier this year, Talk radio stars were shopping dangerous claims about the coronavirus. Uh, Hey, jackass, what dangerous claims did I shop? Everything I said about the mortality rate is demonstrated to be true because I based it on brilliant, experienced private sector or university experts, not Washington, D.C., half-century bureaucrats. Like our experts from Stanford, our experts from Yale and from Oxford and other places. You schmo. Go ahead. Complain its severity. But nowadays, if you listen to those shows, you hardly hear about COVID at all. They have shifted to big time. No, we shifted. We do Biden. He never gets into this other stuff I do. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer, when we go heavy? When I get into philosophy, when we get into the other stuff, never gets into this, 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 this lightweight. Go ahead. Instead, you know what this is? This is negative partisanship in action. My God. What's negative partisanship? Well, these researchers from Emory University. Negative partisanship? I think negative partisanship would be sicking the FBI on a candidate, sicking the FISA court on a candidate's campaign. You know, sicking prosecutors on somebody and their family. Uh, unconstitutionally impeaching somebody. Lying about Russia collusion. That would be kind of negative, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Uh, define it as a pretty simple concept. They say in this article for Political Magazine that over the past few decades, American... Oh my policy- God, he's citing Political Magazine. So here you have left-wing kooks. So far he cited the Huffington Compost. And now Politico. All left-wing... They get it right now and then, but now and then, most of the time they're wrong. So they're all citing each other. That's what so-called journalism has become. Go ahead. This has become like a bitter sports rivalry in which the parties hang out, hang together, mainly out of sheer hatred of the other team, rather than a shared sense of purpose. The researchers First of all, I don't hate the other team. I despise them. Go ahead. Partisans, meaning strong supporters of a specific party, have grown to dislike the opposing party, quote, more than they like their own party. So when the president, for example, says actually, that Biden- I despise the Democrat Party and I can barely stand the Republican Party. Go ahead. Is against God. That's negative partisanship. It is so hateful. But I want to be clear. There's a lot of negative partisanship that happens. Yeah, yeah. Le- Give us example. You know, like calling the president Hitler, Mussolini, and Stalin, and all that other stuff. You know, Clyburn does it. Calling our cops stormtroopers and Gestapo and secret police. Stuff like that, you moron. Go ahead. Left as well. Disdain and nastiness directed at the right. This is happening in all directions, but it is especially extreme, especially vitriolic on the right directed at Joe Biden, and directed at other Democrats right now. We see it all the time on Fox News, a channel that often seems this, more... This guy is obsessed with Fox and talk radio. 
I, I, I think he's come out of his basement where he used to, you know, eat potato chips and Hershey bars sitting in his uh, boxer shorts with his tank top. I'd say he had five, six-day growth on his face, but he's obviously pubescent. so. And then he gets a job at the New York Slimes, and now he's at CNN, and he's a, he's a little fish in a little pond. Go ahead. Anti-Democrat than pro-Trump, right? They're, these shows are the pro-Trump media, but they, they have so much venom toward the Democrats, they use that to distract from Trump's failures. And some of the commentary on the radio is even worse. All right. And do we have some of that commentary on the radio? If I go to cut 10, let's see. Go, go ahead. That's why this week our producing team listened to these right-wing radio shows, took them seriously, tried to get a sense of what they are saying about Biden, because they're barely talking about COVID anymore. They're all focused Wait, on Wait, didn't Biden. I speak a lot of time talking about hydroxychloroquine, Mr. Producer? Yes, I did. And haven't I talked about how the Democrats are using this virus? I think I've talked about all these things. He just doesn't like it. Go ahead. This stuff is outrageous, but it does impact the campaign. So listen. The contrast in knowledge of events and issues, mental acuity, the contrast between Trump and Biden is striking. It's why they're keeping Biden in the basement. So this is Rush. This is Rush. Who's next? Go ahead. I believe Joe Biden is working out of his house. This I is believe me. he's working out of a nursing home or an assisted living home. Yes. Because that's what he needs. The big problem for Joe Biden is that he is falling ben apart. Ben Shapiro? He's, he's just falling apart. He's not really running for the office. Wiener Nation? It's the communist that he picks as his number two who will be running America within three months after he is sent to the long, long rest he has worked for all of his life. You know, a blanket over his hips, around the clock sweets. Around-the-clock care. The man needs the care right now. I pity the man. My physical as well as my mental. Every day, every day, this is what's airing on the radio. There's Michael Savage saying, I pity the man. There's Mark Levin saying, I think Biden's in a nursing home. What the (laughs) heck is going on on these programs? Look at what Fox News is. All right, that's enough. It's very painful to listen to a prebubescent host who gets upset. But this is the funny part. Cut 11, go. Aaron, your view of this, you know, when you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left, tearing down Trump? Yes, you idiot. It's called CNN and MSNBC, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, NBC, ABC, CBS. My God, what is it? He ignores these major surveys that have just been done. We talked about the University of Illinois and YouGov. And I write about it. I think we even sent the dummy a copy of Unfreedom of the Press. The issue isn't, is there any left-leaning media group that do this to Trump? The issue is, is there one that doesn't? That's the issue. I guess he doesn't listen to Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. Excuse me, I, I choked over her name. I guess he doesn't watch his own network with D. Lemon and Fredo Cuomo. And who is and more and more nut job women on that program? I don't I don't know who they are. I forget their names. And uh, I guess he doesn't listen to MSLSD and Andrea Mitchell. I can hardly blame him for not listening to any of them. But is this a joke? 
They would do anything to take out conservative talk radio. Here's the truth. Conservative talk radio has a bigger reach than Fox. Bigger reach than Fox. By tens of millions. That's not a put down of Fox. Fox's numbers are massive. I read a piece over the weekend. It was fascinating. How the primetime lineup in Fox is beating network TV. And network TV is free and has typically many, many more viewers. But, but Fox's prime time is beating NBC and ABC and usually CBS. And by the way, this is what Roger Ailes wanted. He wasn't my friend. I, I met him a few times and talked to him. But that said, he wanted something different than all the rest of the media. So if you take the opinion part out of Fox, pretty much it's like most of the rest of the media. That's why these attacks constantly on the opinion shows on Fox, are strategic by the left. They'll say, you know, the news is pretty good. You know, that Hannity, you know, stuff like that. He's got to go. He's got to go. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. I shouldn't even tell you folks this. I'm going to tell you this. I started my next book. Did I tell you that, Mr. Producer? I haven't told anybody, have I? Only my wife knows. It's unlike any book I've ever begun to write or will have written. It may be the only book of this sort that I will write. No, there's not pictures. It's not a coloring book. But it's very, very different than what I've written in the past. That's all I can tell you. As you know, I've told you before, there's just too many plagiarists in this business. But it takes me a long time to write. So I'll be a very busy young man. Well, not so young anymore. But I'll be very busy over the course of the next many months. Uh, What may come after the election. Um, This all-important election. All-important election. Who's your wireless provider? AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. I want you to listen to this. What if I told you Pure Talk USA uses exactly the same network as one of those big daddy networks? Same towers, same coverage, but literally costs you half. I know that sounds crazy. When I first heard about Pure Talk, I thought this has to be too good to be true. But somebody's finally done something about it. Listen to what their customers are saying. Here's Sarah from Abilene. The service is amazing. Love the price. The speed is quick. Eugene from Granbury. Since giving up AT&T, we really don't feel there's any difference in the level of service quality or accessibility. You know what's better? Customer service. Look at the reviews. People love Pure Talk USA. Why? No contract, no excessive fees, no ripoff. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. $20 a month. So the average person is saving around $400 a year on their wireless bill. So grab your mobile phone, dial 250, and say Mark Levin. 250-250, and say Mark Levin. When you do, you'll get this tremendous deal and save a 50% 50% off your first month. 
Again, that's pound 250, pound 250, then say Mark Levin, pound 250, Mark Levin. There's no need to waste your money. There's no reason to burn your money when you're being ripped off. Pure Talk USA, pound 250, Mark Levin, pound 250, say Mark Levin. It's that simple. So basically, this is how it works. Obama's executive orders are constitutional. In fact, they're magnificent. They're incredible, like DACA. My God. And he used those executive orders like he was eating uh, Hershey's Kisses or, or Pez or whatever. In other words, just one after another. One after another. Jelly beans, as Reagan did. Trump has been very discerning in his use of executive orders, but he will not allow the American people to be blackmailed by the Democrats. He will not allow them to destroy the economy as the economy is budding now and starting to grow. And he will not allow them to do it uh, and so they can, in their minds, win re-election. And so he called Pelosi's bluff. Pelosi, look, Pelosi's in charge of the Sacco and Vansetti team of Pelosi and Schumer, as I call them, Morticia and Gomez. And so, as I said on Fox and Friends Sunday, payback is bitch, is a bitch. They've been using these executive orders. They don't expect Trump to use them. They've been blackmailing him. And so Trump fires back. He didn't want to have to, but he did. And that's also the difference. Trump does this reluctantly. Obama, FDR, the others, they don't do it reluctantly. They do it as a strategy. As a strategy. We're going to play a little bit of my interview with uh, the Attorney General of the United States yesterday, Bill Barr. I, I just think it was one of the most important that I've done under the circumstances of what's going on in this country. And I think you'll agree that he's, he's a very unique public servant to come back twice into government, to know what's going on. Uh, incredibly smart and courageous and patriotic. So stick with us, that and much more, and I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Let's briefly take a look where no host will go but yours truly at the Dredge Report which is now the never-Trump report, and in, consequently the pro-Biden report. Uh, 
He puts things in red when he gets excited. Let's look at the upper left. Trump mulls blocking infected Americans from returning to the U.S. Number of people dying alone in hospitals skyrockets. Winter coming, why window to beat back COVID is closing. School year like no other launches with chaos coast to coast. Big Ten cancels football season, question mark. Heart conditions fuel concern. What will it take to prove mass slow the spread, question mark. Extreme poverty rises. Generation sees future slip away. 41% of Americans have adopted minimalistic lifestyles. So in other words, his, uh, his hacks are out there trying to find as many horrific stories as they can. They're not hard to find, given the nature of the media and so forth. Let's look down on the homepage. Well, there is only one page. Fall preview. Hawaii sets turnout record in first all-male primary. Heat on. Scaramucci swaps vicious insults with president. Art of the deal crossed out. Nearly all major... Hold on now. Nearly all major moves by administration have been executive orders. Standoff on more virus cash leaves damage all around. Convention speech at Gettysburg? Now let me stop there. You know what this idiot Jeremy Diamond at CNN said, Mr. Producer, in America? Trump chose Gettysburg because of some of the Confederate symbols there. So I guess you can never speak at any Civil War battlefield, right? Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard? And of course, the Union had a crushing victory against the Confederacy at Gettysburg. You know who else spoke at Gettysburg, Mr. Producer? Abraham Lincoln. I think CNN is sick. Maybe they're into the 1619 Project, and that's why they're utterly illiterate. So you can't speak at Gettysburg because a, war, a, a battle was fought there? What about the Battle of Atlanta? You know there was a battle in Atlanta, and that's where CNN headquarters is. So CNN must be part of the old Confederacy. Am I right? Of course. CNN's part of the old Confederacy. Dumb bastards. May I go on? So we can continue to enlighten ourselves at the Drudge Report. Dems are worried that Barr is planning October surprise. AG, the left believes in tearing down the system. That must be a link to my interview yesterday. Let's see here. No, that's a link to the Hill which links to my interview yesterday. That's, that's, that's a little bit of progress, I think. What else do we have here? Uh, great white soars 15 feet into air. I'm sick of the great white shark connotation, Mr. Producer. That's clearly racism. McDonald's sues ousted CBO, alleging employee relationships. Let's go to the top of the center. MAGA versus Antifa battle turns ugly in Fort Collins. Pole with American flag used as weapon. So now he's attacking the handicapped guy who was in a wheelchair who was attacked and uses the flag with the pole to defend himself. Okay, got it. Elizabeth Warren raises most cash for Biden. Remains VP contender. Well, she's definitely a woman of color, isn't she? I think the color would be like eggshell white. Choice of running weight matters more than usual, question mark. Half Dems don't think he'll serve all four years. Convention in a week. 
News outlets fear end of Trump bump bonanza. New York Times CEO expects end of physical newspaper in 20 years. I think uh, more like five. Photo, 75-mile-long shadow form storm blocks sunrise in Kansas. SpaceX soars at its Pentagon contractor. Musk makes billions off the military. NASA reveals dwarf planet closest to Earth has underground ocean. Then it goes on. Let's go to the last column on the right. Chicago raises bridges after threat, looting, batter down. We're going to get into a little bit of that too. 100 arrests, 8 p.m. curfew, video. Riot declared in Portland for second night in a row. Second night in a row. It should have been 70 nights in a row. NYPD cops don't lift finger as 11-year-old is beaten. He keeps changing on me here. Come on, Matt, let it go, rather than... Uh, it, it just switched, and I can't... It literally just switched the uh, third column, so I can't, can't see it there. And so there's our edification at the Drudge Report today. Absolutely fascinating. I personally prefer Bongino, Blaze, Breitbart, Right Scoop, Instapundent, just the news, so many others that aggregate news and actually, in some cases, report news. They're just better. I, I've given up on uh, David Bra- I mean, uh, Matt Drudge's site. Just given up on it. I only go there to look at the left-wing stuff to read to you. It's too bad. When I used to know him, he was a good guy. But now, I, you know, to me, it's uh, battle stations. So if you're going to spend your time kowtowing to the left and the left-wing media, uh, whatever you, your platform is, uh, when the country's at stake, when the future of our children and grandchildren's at stake, when the republic's at stake, and you see what's going on in the streets and all, that's enough. And it might be nice if he'd linked every now and then to scientists, other scientists who are not fools, but actually quite brilliant, uh, who've had other things to say about what's taking place with respect to the virus. And how about some links to all the cancer information going out there? I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing cancer charts on TV. You know, it's interesting, Miss America, Mr. Producer. I was very critical of the charts, right? On the, mo- on the monitors for the coronavirus. And I said, when are you going to show cancer? Cancer is killing many more people than the coronavirus. Have you noticed some of the networks have taken down their charts? We'll see how long that lasts. Okay, Bill Barr, the interview, he was terrific. Absolutely terrific. Let's take a, let's just, let's just check in a little bit on what he had to say. Cut 17 on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern last night. Go. It's interesting that one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter said that one of her focuses is to bring down the Trump administration. What is it about the Trump administration that stands in their way? Well, I think they would be, you know, generally for bringing down any administration. They they are a revolutionary group that is interested in in some form of socialism, communism. They're essentially Bolsheviks. Their tactics are, are fascistic. Uh, and your description of them is consistent. What, I, what I've seen. Uh, 
with the Trump administration, you know, a lot of it has been the demonization of the Trump administration from day one. I went back and I watched his victory speech after election night. People should go back and look at it. It was very measured. It was a very statesmanlike speech. He offered the olive branch. He praised Hillary Clinton, thanked her for all her service to the country, talked about working together to make things better for the American people. That was the day he won, and from that point forward, uh, there's been the resistance. They were trying to impeach him from day one. They have done everything they can. They've shredded the norms of our system uh, to do what they can to drive him from office or to debilitate his administration. Uh, and I think it's because of the, the desire for power that the, the left wants power because that is essentially their state of grace and their, their secular religion. They want to run people's lives so they can design utopia for all of us. And that's what, you know, that's what turns them on. And it's the, it's the lust for power. And they weren't expecting Trump's victory, and it outrages them. In this document, this research, they talk about the roots of Antifa in the Bader-Meinhof gang in Germany and other really violent, radical organizations in the United States, similar to the Black Panthers, similar to the Weather Underground, except they're more networked, they're better organized. They seem to have more ammunition of, of sorts to use against police officers and so forth. And apparently they get a lot of their funding online. Um, I have to believe that, uh, that our agencies and so forth are really trying to construct some kind of scenario about what we're dealing with and how to undo this. Am I close? It's a form of, of sort of, it's a new form of urban guerrilla warfare. You know, Mao used to speak, Mao Zedong uh, used to speak about the guerrilla being like fish swimming in the ocean, the way the gorilla moves through, through the people. The, the, the gorilla hides out among the people as a fish in the, in the ocean. And what they do is they are essentially shielding themselves or shrouding themselves in First Amendment activity. They go into the demonstrations, which are exercising First Amendment, act First Amendment activity, and they insinuate themselves in there to shield themselves. So that's where they swim. And what they do is they hijack these demonstrations, and they, and they provoke violence, and they have various tiers of people from the sort of top provocateurs down through people who are their minions and sort of run the run the violent missions, but it, it's uh, it's a you know a difficult phenomenon to deal with. They're highly organized at these demonstrations, and uh, you know these tactics that they use are, are designed and and the the way the media responds to them. Of course, the media doesn't take footage of what's happening. They don't take the footage of the rocks being thrown. One more short clip before we go to break. Cut 18, go. You don't really get a fair break in the media, do you? Plus, plus, we have these citizen reporters who have these videos of these events, which are quite different than what we get a lot of times from the media, which seems to be sort of censoring the violence. No? Absolutely. They're, they're you know, they're narrative. They are projecting a narrative. When, when the word narrative came into currency, I, I knew we were in trouble because the word narrative really suggests that there's no objective truth. 
there's no real story of what happened. It's just everyone has their own narrative. And you get to then uh, the press can justify presenting a story that doesn't really correspond to objective truth, but it's our narrative. We have a narrative, you have a narrative. Uh, I've been appalled at what's on this violence because it's happening right out in the streets. Anyone with eyes can see what's happening. They see the violence. They see the, these groups of uh, agitators in their black outfits uh, and their helmets and their shields, which incidentally have the, have the hammer and sickle on them most of the time, uh, rushing the police, causing violence, throwing rocks, the people showing up with the rocks and the frozen bottles. That's happening. That's happening in front of people. You don't see it on any of the national news. You don't see it on the networks. You don't see it on the other cable stations. And yet you hear about these peaceful demonstrators. So it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's a lie. The American people are being told a lie by the media. Surprise, surprise. Let's take a short break. I'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, let's do one more short clip. Uh, most of the programs on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, if you want to check it out. Here's the Attorney General, Bill Barr, on mail-in voting. Cut 21, go. A lot of talk about mail-in votes. We see what goes on in some of these states. It's a little scary. Um, I don't see how more money is going to fix it in the period of 30 days and more and more states. I mean, you have some mail-in votes in states, absentee ballots. You're talking about tens of millions now that that never took place before. What do you make of all that? I'm very worried about it. You know, as I said at the beginning, the two ways we have resolving disputes in our society and keeping the peace are discussion and voting. Uh, And our... Right now, we're a very uh, divided country politically. Our elections have been very close. They can turn on one state. They turn on just a few districts. Uh, And people have to have confidence in the outcome or we're going to have real problems in this country. And I think the people who want to experiment with different ways of voting right now uh, which are predictably, you know, can predictably uh, create problems of, uh, of integrity, uh, are playing with fire and are grossly irresponsible. You know, uh, we, mail-in voting you know, has been used uh, for people who, in individual cases, where they can't go and vote. You go and you apply for a ballot. You get the ballot. You vote. 
There's no problem with that, especially for states that have been doing that for a while. But uh, the idea that you, you, without any request from the voter, will, will mail out to your voting list all these thousands and thousands of ballots uh, is scary because most of those mailings go to a lot of addresses where the people no longer live, uh, they're misdirected. And I think they will create a situation where they could easily create a situation where there's going to be a contested election. John Burbank, New Jersey, the great 870, the answer, K-R-L-A. Go, John. Hey, Mark. Uh, thanks again for your patriotism and your insight. But um, the question that I had was that in the Constitution, it, it has a clear separation between the church and the state. And I agree with Bill Barr's assessment that the left is now the secular church of the left. And um, I'm just wondering, like, can it be addressed as an official connection between... No, 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 no. It's no. It's, it's, it's not a church in that sense. His point is that ideologically it's treated as a religion. I mean, they don't have... It, 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 in no other respect it is a religion. So they substitute faith with ideology but no you can't i mean look where that would end who damn controls this country anymore the left who controls the courts the left can you imagine if they said that about conservatism yeah yeah i mean they would destroy us we're stuck with people like ben sass you understand what i mean (laughs) now my other thing was about i hear i hear a lot of conflation between mail-in voting which is absentee voting and then mass mail out Yeah, and the difference is, let me just say, every state's a little different, is one, you apply for a ballot. You have to give reasons why you can't vote in person, and then you receive a ballot. The other is, you just receive it without asking it because they're mass-mailed to everybody. And uh, that could be a problem. How many times, let me ask you this question. How many times, John, have you received a piece of mail that's not yours? Maybe it's one of your neighbors. From time to time, right? Yes, quite often, actually. We all do. Yeah. So, I mean, this is without the massive push of voting, where tens of millions of things are being done at the same time with deadlines. and do they, This is going to make all that stuff about chads and the rest in Florida look like a joke. That's one state. Can you imagine, well, is it stamp dated on the time? Uh, did they sign the ballot? Uh, did they get it in on time? Can you imagine... The anarchy that's going to ensue. This is why I'm telling you, and I've been saying for a month, they're trying to create the impression that Trump uh, won't leave the White House, quote unquote, that he has purposely put a stooge in as the postmaster general. He won't fix the system. They need mail. So in other words, they're going to destroy the system, overwhelm the system, blame Trump and try and take the presidency. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the voice the liberals want to silence. But you can talk to Mark at 877-381-3811. Washington, D.C., 20 or more people were shot and one killed yesterday. And the mayor, Belcher, isn't that her name? Mayor Belcher goes on and on and on about uh, social distancing. And I'm told my buddy Chris Plant really hammered like hell on this. He's, uh, he's terrific. And I saw that. I saw that footage, and she is such a joke. But that's her focus. And now in Chicago, disaster. Absolute disaster. This is the way WGN-TV says. Chicago's top cod said about 100 people were arrested and 13 police officers injured after a night of looting in downtown Chicago. Widespread damage was reported throughout Chicago after looting and rioting began around midnight. Witnesses reported hundreds of people, hundreds, smashing their way into stores throughout Michigan Avenue, areas in the South Loop and near the North Side. Now, this is where all the the best shopping is, the upscale stores are, the upscale restaurants are. So now they're attacking the heart of of the retail center of Chicago, Illinois. And so you're not going to get tourists. People are not going to come there. Businesses are not going to invest there. This is our third biggest city. I've been in Chicago really once in my life. And we stayed in an old hotel about three blocks from that street. And it was beautiful. We really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. We walked to the lake from there and everything else. It was very peaceful. It was very pleasant. Wonderful restaurants, shopping. We didn't buy anything, but there's wonderful shopping. And that's what they looted. Just hundreds of criminals. Hundreds of criminals. And they're getting together online. They're getting together through uh, uh, social media. And you can see how well organized it is. Almost like a military operation. They drive up in cars. They jump out of the cars. They break the windows. They grab everything they can. They jump in the cars. They drive off to the next door. And the police aren't ready for it. They're overwhelmed by it. Because the police, as you know, are, uh, are under attack in other parts of the city. They're under attack by the political leadership. And now you have judges in these cities. It's not new, but they're more aggressive than ever before who are appointed and elected to these, these uh, judicial positions, who are left-wing. And if you don't have phony bail reform, which means uh, you serve no time reform, like they have in New York City, you have these leftist judges, and they let people go. So you don't pay a price. And I, 
And the police superintendent there, who's, who's newly there, relatively newly there from a uh, police department in, I believe, Texas, may have been Dallas, but wherever. He said, the problem is that they don't pay any price for this. Joe Biden says nothing about any of this, ladies and gentlemen. I also see that Antifa and Black Lives Matter are now beginning to edge their way into the suburbs, where they're actually getting resistance from police forces and from the people who live there who are armed to the teeth. Colorado Springs. You have these big, strong guys. I mean, this is the Midwest. They're not going to take any crap. Some people consider Colorado the West, whatever. And these look like veterans. And they're armed with weapons, but they're also armed with pipes and and bats and poles. They're not going to take any crap from Antifa. And so they surround them. They're pushing them out of town. You see the video. I posted it on my social sites. One of them starts attacking a veteran who's in a wheelchair, and they beat the crap out of this guy. That is the Antifa guy. They're bigger, they're stronger, and they have their own weapons. And they're not going to take this crap. You know, people think the suburbs are soft. There's a lot of people in the suburbs who are armed to the teeth, and they ain't soft. They're military veterans. uh, They're national security experts. They're police. They're retired police. And they're not going to take it. Because they've seen what happens if you, if you appease the enemy. And Antifa and Black Lives Matter with their Marxist agenda, their anti-American agenda, they're the enemy. I don't care what LeBron James says. They're the enemy. And you see gun sales are through the roof. Most gun sales now in the last few months have been by people who've never owned a gun before. Because they can't rely on their local governments. Furthermore, many of them are now minorities who are buying guns to protect themselves in communities where the police are under attack. So you have law-abiding citizens of every color, every variety, who are arming up to defend themselves and defend their neighborhoods. Thank God for the Second Amendment, which Joe Biden wants to eviscerate which the Attorney General of New York wants to eviscerate, which all these Democrats want to eviscerate. You have all this widespread looting and destruction in these cities. You know, the people who do these things, they don't contribute to society. They don't produce anything. They don't build anything. You look at these cities, Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis. These cities are devastated. Significant parts of these cities are utterly devastated, and at night, nobody's on the streets. Nobody's on the streets. You look at New York, same thing. Philadelphia, same thing. These are our cities. And so proud of the Democrats, they want you to reelect them, they want you to take the Senate with Democrats, they want to hold the House, and they want to give us Biden. The Democrats think they should be rewarded with the presidency and the Senate. And Speaker Pelosi's done such a great job on all fronts. She should retain her position. The Democrats believe that when you look at all the rioting, all the looting, all the arson, all the mass murder that's going on in this country, in these cities, one Democrat, iron-fisted, 
mayor and council, one city after another, after another, after another, they think you should reward their party with the presidency. And meanwhile, throughout all of this, Joe Biden has said very little, condemned almost not at all, has no plan for law and order, none. No plan for law and order. Doesn't defend the cops. Doesn't demand that we have judges that are going to throw the book at these bastards. None of it. And he's on a bicycle the other day, which reminded me of Dukakis with the tank. That's why he didn't wear a helmet. Look how vigorous he is. He's on a bicycle. The President of the United States plays golf. I mean, four, four and a half hours, 18 rounds, uh, one round, 18 holes. That takes energy, and he's mocked. And he's mocked. 74-year-old man, Trump, working 20 hours a day, doesn't even rest on the weekends. He's out there doing his thing. He's attacked. Biden, we're told, is vigorous because he took a bike ride for about 50 yards, and he didn't fall off the bike that we know of. So he's qualified to be a fifth grader. That's what he's qualified to be. Nothing more, nothing less. So they have no policy towards law and order. None. None. They have no policy to back the cops. They have no policy to put the bad guys in prison. You don't hear Biden criticizing DiCamio. Or Lightweight, Lightfoot. Or Bottoms Up. Or any of the rest of them. You don't hear them. Because they're all Democrats. He can't. He needs their votes. He needs them to turn out their vote. So the Democrat Party stands for centralized government. A Marxist agenda. A soft American style Marxist agenda. Which would be very radical and aggressive to our country. They're traitors. Because they believe in fundamental transformation. And they attack capitalism. If the Confederacy is traitors because they want to uproot our government, as Nancy Pelosi said, well, then what are the Marxists? And what do you want to fundamentally transfer? How many times have I said it? I've said it so many times that other people repeat it. If you love something, you don't want to fundamentally reform, uh, transform it. You don't want to fundamentally transform your wife. You love your wife or your kids or your dog. Well, we love our country. We don't want to fundamentally transform it. You know, we want to fundamentally transform the Democrat Party. Fundamentally transform them. And defeat them. Crush them. That's what we want to fundamentally reform. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at AMAC.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right. This show goes way too fast, in my humble opinion. Nancy Pelosi confesses. No, not to that. She confesses. Cut eight, Mr. Producer. Go. I have no, take no um, uh, so, criticism for saying this, but the Chinese, they, what, what, they, what they said is China would prefer Joe Biden, whether they do, that's their conclusion, that they would prefer Joe Biden. What is it with it? I can't talk? They all have dentures? They're all old? I don't get it. What she's trying to say, I can interpret liberal gibberish pretty well. See, they have a bead on Trump with Russia again. They're obsessed with Russia. When the Democrats aren't spies for Russia, like Alger Hiss, among others. Sorry, Conrad Black. Read your history. Uh, When they're not spies, when they are spies. They keep bringing up Russia. They were soft on Russia. Until Ronald Reagan came in and defeated the Soviet unions, they're soft on Russia today. Trump's been very, very tough on Putin. He's been tougher on the Russians since any president since Reagan. Period. Not even close. The Democrat Party's been weak. They've been weak on Iran with their Iran deal. They wanted to subsidize Iran. They've been weak with China. So the Democrat Party's been weak with Russia, Weak with China, weak with Iran. But we have new intelligence reports, ladies and gentlemen, that say Putin wants to interfere to help Trump. Now, haven't we sung this song before? Haven't we sung this song? Now, think about this logically. Why would any enemy of America want Donald Trump to win and Biden to lose? Biden's a sellout. Biden's a pushover. His family has, you know... Their fingers in the till in one country after another, but even putting that aside. Biden's never believed in a strong foreign policy vis-a-vis our enemies. He views Israel as our enemy. And now he views America as our enemy. What are you talking about? He's a moderate. I'm sorry. You want war on the suburbs, war on the private sector, war on health care, open borders, benefits for illegal aliens. By the way, have you also noticed that Biden hasn't said anything about opening our schools? Because he doesn't want to go sideways with the teachers' union. No way. I heard a report, it was very breathless at the top of the hour, of, of a number of children who got the virus in a school system that's open. I think it was 70 children, Mr. Producer. What happened to those children? I have no idea. They didn't tell. What happened to them? I don't know. Children get the flu too. What happened to them? It's so bizarre. It's so un- uh, crazy the way this is all covered. Outrageous, actually. All right, let's go to Mike. Neptune, New Jersey. Uh, the great WABC. Go right ahead, Mike. Oh, I read all your books. Um, uh, and I. I'm concerned, you know, I'm a history buff a little bit. And Thank you, you thank know, you. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that you remember Churchill. Uh, probably nobody in the world could have... Churchill? 
Wasn't that a fast food? Uh, oh, that's churches. Go ahead. No, no, no I'm talking. And nobody could have, nobody in the world could have done what he did. I'm just I joking. Now, yeah. but, but I liken him to Trump. Trump, nobody could have done what Trump did. And I'm worried about people are fickle and voters are more fickle. I think we are going to be, even from a historic perspective, extremely uh, upset if Donald Trump loses, and I think history is going to judge us quite badly. Uh, I think also the rise of the Marxist Democrats with the rise of the Marxist China right now, all of this is coming to a head, and it's extraordinarily dangerous for the future of this country. Thank you for your call, Mike. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all you patriots out there. God bless each and every one of you. And I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.